Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. we got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So however you want to watch, Watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Saturday. March Madness resumes in April. What is this nonsense? What are we talking about? <laughs> but uh, we got the Final Four here today going up uh, starting at 5 o'clock. So it's going to be a good one. And I believe the finals is on Monday. So we are very, very close to the ending of March Madness. We have Gonzaga going all the way and winning. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out. We've already claimed first place in our own March Madness bracket pool, so give it up for us, I guess. Um, so we'll do a moneymaker for today's March Madness action. We'll dabble in it very quickly today. Uh, we're also going to be breaking down the NBA as usual. We are not doing our NFL Draft Prospect Countdown today. Unfortunately, we'll uh, resume that back tomorrow. But we got to kind of get a clear understanding with our N NBA MVP kind of ladder situation, ranking that, and I also kind of want to get ahead on this NBA Sixth Man of the Year also, so we're going to get a, kind of go a little bit heavy in the N NBA awards a little bit today, because we've, we we started our NBA MVP discussion about a week, maybe a week and a half ago, and we haven't really been updating it, so we got to get back on track with that, and we are going to be updating that every day from right now until, obviously, the MVP is crowned, but um, yeah, so we got all that today on the show gonna be a good one like always so here we go let's just jump right into it with our stories of the day and man oh man I mean this man's got so much pressure on him now Bears coach Matt Nagy will call offensive plays in 2021 like we said this is the do or die season for Matt Nagy Mitch Trubisky Nick Foles not working out now you're calling plays. You're the head coach. I mean, this Bears team, I, I don't think anybody would disagree with this, that they have underperformed every single season since Matt Nagy's got here. And, you know, everybody wants to place it on the offensive quarterbacks. That's fine. I've got no problem doing so. But you've still got to win games. I don't care what the players are out there are on the field. It is your job to make sure that they are ready to compete and be competitive in every single game and give us a nice chance of winning all those games. And he hasn't made the play or no they did make the playoffs Mr. Trubisky got to a playoff game did not fare very well in that game but still got to one um but I mean they just need they need something now you know with the new quarterback that they believe Andy Dalton's the right guy I mean I don't think that's gonna work out either so I mean uh, what we've been seeing under Matt Nagy has not really been great so far and now he's gonna be calling plays so like we've said this is the do or die season for this man and he's going all in for the do or die he's taking full control um I don't know how much he wanted Andy Dalton or not if that was just kind of what the general manager just decided but uh, he's taking it into his own hands by calling the plays going to do what is going to work best hopefully for what Andy Dalton can do because are we a little bit too hard on Andy Dalton I don't think so uh, they they seem to be uh, this Bears organization seems like Andy Dalton's the guy for some reason I'm not buying it I mean just last season he didn't step up and that's just truly unfortunate um 
So this is what they're saying on Andy Dalton here, general manager Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, the head coach. So here's what they're saying on this man. So, cause that's how we see Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback. Y'all see this man as a starting quarterback? Did you just see what he did last year for the Cowboys, who have a much better receiving core than y'all do, and he still floundered? Alrighty. So I, 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 I guess the Bears organization did not watch any of the Cowboys games, and they're just kind of going on. Maybe Andy Dalton's second year with the Bengals that was maybe a little decent. Uh, but to continue to, to continue on here, quote, and we're excited to have him again. That went into the evaluation process. He's been a starter in this league for a long time and produced at a high level for a long time. Are we watching the same Andy Dalton? Because the Andy Dalton I know is like eight and eight in the first round exit into a in the first round of the playoffs I mean he's been he, he what, hey, let's get the quote again <laughs> let me get the exact words again here we go uh, he's been a starter in this league for a long time. Yes, that is true. That part is true. He's been in the league since 2011, came in instant starter for the Bengals. Yes, that is all true and good right there. Um, but then he keeps on going and says, at a, and produced at a high level for a long time. All right, let's see if this is high level performance out here for the Bengals. So 2011, got the start, went 9-7, and seven, 58% completion percentage, 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 3,300 yards. Not a bad overall uh, you know, rookie season, the nine to seven records, not bad. The 58% completion percentage is absolutely atrocious right there. Like we said, we need 62 to 65%. That is good. That is solid quarterback play in today's NFL. Maybe a little bit higher now because like we've been saying all kind of season, this 2020 NFL season has shown a little bit of inflated completion percentage number. So we'll see if that's the case going forward or if this is kind of an anomaly season, a one and done, but we have to kind of know what's going to happen in the future for us to kind of reassess that. But for right now, 62, or for when he played in 2011, basically up until uh, 2017, it's 62 to 65% completion percentage, which is good, good. Uh, so, uh, year one, not terrible. All righty. Then second year, 2012, 10 and 6 record. All righty. 62% completion percentage, 3,600 yards to 27 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. That's not bad. I'll give him this season. Not terrible there. But let's see what it resulted in. What did they do? Um... They lost in the wild card round 13 to 19. Unfortunate. Not putting up a lot of points. Let's see how he played in this game. Let's get uh let's get this tab up of playoff uh postseason games. Alrighty, so second year, 2017, right here. Losing 13 to 19. What do you do? 46% completion percentage, 127 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. So, all right, yeah, decent in the regular season, but absolutely garbage performance there in the first round of the playoffs. So, now I would not say that's a high level. If we're talking about regular seasons, a huge benchmark, and that's like the highest you can go is what you're doing in the regular season, then yeah, you know, he's pretty decent out there. But if we're talking about, you know, getting rings and being competitive in the playoffs, this is not the man. In the Bears with Matt Nagy situation, you need to be you need to at least make the playoffs and you honestly need to kind of win the first playoff game that you're in for Matt Nagy to have a six to call it a successful year this year.
Alrighty, let's keep going on with Andy Dalton, though. 2013, 11-5 record. All right, so improving a little bit in the record. One extra win from the previous season. 61% completion percentage, 61.9. Basically, 62 will give him the 62. Uh, 4,200 yards, which is absolutely fantastic. If you're getting 4,000 yards, that's what we're talking about. I love it. I want to see quarterbacks in 4,000 yards category. Uh, territory category, whoever you want to phrase it. 33 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. We really wanted you to be 2 to 1 touchdown and interception ratio, and having 20 interceptions is just way, way too much. It's just way too much. I don't want to see, I really don't even want to see double digit interceptions. I, I would kind of, I would, I, I would put the max of interceptions at 12. Of a good quarterback, regardless of how many touchdowns you're putting up, I really don't want to see more than 12, and this man's putting up 20. Not very good. Alrighty, once again, they got into the playoffs this season, so let's go to uh, what he did here in 2013 in the playoffs. Alrighty, here we go. What did he do? A loss, 10 to 27. Once again, not putting up a lot of points there in the uh, in the postseason. 13 points the last season, 10 points this season, 56% completion percentage, absolutely atrocious. One touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, man, oh man, yeah, the regular season's great, but this man is floundering big time in the playoffs. I mean, you can't even beat a wild card team. Come on, this is a wild card round. <laughs> Ugh, but let's keep going on here. 2014, 10, 5, and 1. So a little bit of a step back, tiny step back for him. 64% completion percentage. Fantastic. That's what we're talking about. 3,300 yards took a little bit of step back on the yards. And then look at this touchdown to interception ratio. 19 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Just not good at all. Come on, man. Uh, barely one-to-one -one touchdown to interception ratio. Definitely declining on I me. Mean, he was making progress from his first three seasons. 20 touchdowns, 27 touchdowns, 33. And then he took a big old step back with the only 19 touchdowns this season and uh, I believe they got to a playoff game here in 2014 so let's take a look at that what did he do here once again only 10 points the man cannot score in the postseason 54 or no even worse 51 percent completion percentage no touchdowns no interceptions but no touchdowns not putting up any type of points here so this is the quarterback that Matt Nagy and the Bears are so high on that they've been seeing performing at a high level for a long time I would say maybe a high level in the regular season for a short amount of time I'll give him maybe this three-year stretch of 2012 to 2014 of or not even that 2012 to 2013 just two good seasons of performing at a decently high level decent like decent for a young emerging quarterback in this league it's decently at a high level but then when it comes to the big game he can never get it done Alrighty, 2014, then 2015, 10 and 3 record, ended up getting injured, not able to play in the playoffs. They still lose the first playoff game, uh, unfortunately. But he had a 66% completion percentage that year, 3,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, going into one of his probably best seasons he's ever had. I mean, we're talking about what is this 4 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio, 3.5 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. That's what we're talking about. Best complete completion percentage he's ever had. Uh, the yards was pretty good, you know, with three games remaining. So he was having a good 
success in 2015, but he got injured. Couldn't finish the entire season. Unfortunate, truly unfortunate. And then he was just never right since then. Ever since that injury, six nine and one record, seven and nine record, five and six record, two and eleven record, two and eleven record, folks. And I know the 2019 Bengals was absolutely trash. I mean, I get a not a lot of weapons. Um, AJ Green was kind of injured in the back half of you know the career with Andy Dalton. So, 2-11 and 11 in 2019, 59% completion percentage, 3,400 yards, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. So, he was still throwing high amounts of interceptions here. And then that brings us to this season. How is this man looking? A new team, a new star, backup quarterback. Not a lot of pressure on you. I mean, you know, coming in for an injured Dak Prescott, I mean, nobody's really expecting you to do too much. Honestly, I wasn't expecting Andy Dalton to do too much. We just needed to see something for this man. There was honestly not that much pressure. Mike McCarthy was a new coach, so more pressure on Mike McCarthy. McCarthy, more pressure on Zeke Elliott to step up. Um, really, I would say there was basically... I don't want to say basically none, but I would say there was kind of lackluster pressure, not a lot of pressure on Andy Dalton this season, and he still didn't do that great. Four and five record this season, uh, 64.9% completion percentage. Like we said, all these completion percentage were inflated this season, and Andy Dalton didn't even go big or go home. He didn't have Josh Allen 69 or 70% completion percentage. He settles in around 64% here. 2,100 yards, 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So once again, not even that two, not even one to one, or not even two to one touchdown to interception ratio. So once again, just nothing really great here. I'm not understanding what they're seeing here, but let's keep up with these quotes. And then we're going to look at the film because we do have a little bit of a highlight package of what he did this season. Maybe the stats aren't good, but maybe he's looking good and just kind of, you know, on the film. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt and kind of look at him there. But let's finish some of these quotes here. Anything else that is just preposterous to say about this man um he's been a starter in the league for a long time and produced at a high level for a long time no 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 um again that's all of us collectively in the building coaches scouts coming to that conclusion everybody's in the, everybody in the bears organization is excited about this man what i know this is what you have to say i know they have to say this you can't just get a quarterback and be like yeah this man's trash nobody's excited. i understand it but it's just uh, the doubling down process i mean just say yeah he's good and we're excited about him just leave it at that. Don't be like, oh my God, I, we're in love with this man. He's produced at a high level for a long time. I mean, the scouts, the janitor, everybody in the building is excited about, nobody's excited about having Andy Dalton on this team. Come on, they're going way too big with this lie right here. Um, again, that's all of us collectively in the building, coaches and scouts coming to that conclusion as we went through the free agency process. Yeah, he's our starting quarterback as we head into the season. Yikes, yikes. They better hope that this is, yeah, he's our starting quarterback right now until we get to the draft. You know what I mean? Because we're going to take a quarterback there and he's probably going to win out in the quarterback camp. So yeah, right now, Andy Dalton's the guy, but we still got a long time before the first, first the first game is played where we have to kind of make our starter uh truly announced um all righty let's see what else they say they got anything else on this man the fair question to ask pace is quite simple isn't replacing mitch trubisky with dalton more of a lateral move than anything yeah i would say absolutely i mean mitch trubisky wasn't that great but he was serviceable and he i think he won more games than andy dalton did and he was still able to put up a little bit of more points than what andy dalton was doing kind of on the regular uh so not quite not quite pace said you, you don't think the move is lateral okay not quite pace said friday because dalton has accomplished more and is and in his significantly longer career, and that's worth something in today's game? What? What? 
He's accomplished more. What has he accomplished? Getting to a wild card game? Is that an accomplishment in today's NFL? Is that looking back on the season be like, you know what? This wasn't successful. We made it to the game. We made it to the postseason. We weren't competitive in that game and we couldn't score more than 10 points and we only made the playoffs like three times out of an eight-year stretch. But yeah, that's a, that's a success there. What? What? Now, I know they've got to be lying to themselves here. This There's no way anybody can truly believe this, man. And like I said, I know you have to say this. You're the general manager. You made the move. You have to kind of stand behind your decisions, and I get all that. But they're going a little bit overboard here on how much they're praising this man. Another quote here, the things we like as you look at it, obviously his experience, he's a nine-year starter. Yes, okay, yes, that is undeniably true. He, he did play for nine straight seasons as a starter. Uh, he's been to three Pro Bowls. Okay, all right. You got to be one of like what the top four quarterbacks in the AFC to, you know, to get to a Pro Bowl. All righty. Pace explained, decision-making, we like his decision-making, he's won a lot of games in this league and has been a durable player too. Durable? I think that's something to understand. Durable? Durable and winning a lot of games? I don't know. Yes, he had this nice four-year four stretch of winning 10 games, 11 games, 10 games, 10 games. That is all good, but that is just half of his career. The other half, he's going 9-7, and 10-3. That was a good season. That was a good season, but that was one of the four that we just counted. So, uh, so nine and seven, six nine and one, seven and nine, five six and two and eleven. I mean, winning, yeah, half of your season in the first half. In this back half of the season, he's been in the back half of his career, he's been floundering big time. Man, man, and then just this season with a new team that was kind of loaded offensively with a coach that brought Aaron Rodgers to the Super Bowl. And we don't like Mike McCarthy, but I'm, 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 he still got, he still won a ring. So I guess I can't knock it. Um, but I do like to knock the man a little bit. But I mean, you even have that better coach, that Super Bowl winning coach who knows what it takes. The running back that got paid two good wide receivers, Amari Cooper. I mean, come on, a good offensive line. And he still couldn't make it work. So I don't know what the Bears are expecting here. But maybe, maybe we're going a little bit too hard on him. Let's quickly just watch some highlights of this man. I don't think we're going to watch this entire video. But let's just see what this man is looking like this season. Alrighty, here we go. First play up. Tie game against the Giants here. Can he do anything in the clutch here? 36 seconds left. Sliding out of the pocket. Rolling right. A nice comeback route right on the sideline. Alrighty. That's a good play right there. Clutch. Can he clutch it up again? Let's see what he's doing here. Next play. 30 seconds left. Going deep. Oh my god. Great catch right on the boundary. I'll give him. That's a fantastic pass. Placement and everything. Long down the field. Trusting his wide receivers. Right. Oh my ass. Yes right on the line of like uh, if he threw that ball a little bit like an inch more to the right there's no way he's coming down in bounds with that so I'll give him that one a nice clutch drive there once again against the Giants you know not very great defensively but we'll give him that one that's a nice drive there a nice couple of plays in the clutch by Andy Dalton we'll take that one but now down 21 to nothing here against the Cardinals a wide open pass here I mean this is wide open that's wide open. Where this is a highlight. This is this is all, <laughs> this is the tape. Just this one play was a tape that the Bears general manager and coach were looking at, where they're like, "Yeah, we're excited about Andy Dalton." The wide open pass. Another wide open pass here. This is all the wide receiver doing everything. 
Uh, all right, let's keep going here. Once again, down 28 to 3. They've only put up three points through three quarters, and he's dinking and dunking, and they're putting this in a highlight package for this man. Come on, folks. Come on. Let's keep it going here. Against the Cardinals again, down 31 to 3. Once again, so all these plays, all these good plays that are, you know, highlight worthy, according to whoever made this highlight package, whatever, uh, it's not even resulting into any points because they're still at three now with five minutes left. So he's not getting it done. This is a good pass right here. Decently covered. I'll give him this one. Decent. It's a decent throw. No, 15, 20 yards comes with the flag, uh, but still it's not resulting in any points. All right, here we go. On the goal line. Let's get it done, Andy Dalton. Here we go. Garbage time minutes. This means nothing. There we go. Finally, finally. It took you the entire game to get your first touchdown on the goal line on third and goal, so you've had multiple cracks at this one as well, uh, but finally, here we go. Nice little zig route uh, starting inside, going outside. Very well done. Once again, these receivers helping him out more than he's actually good at. All right, what else do we get here? I'm about to turn this off. If this next game is still a blowout and they're showing great plays by this man, here we go. A wide receiver screen on the goal line, basically. This is a top play. This is all receiver and blocking right here. Come on. Ezekiel Elliott finally doing something with that big payday that he got. Finally showing out a little bit. All righty, we'll give him this one. But look at this one. On this drive, Andy Dalton, one of two for 21 yards. So this man barely, barely... Uh, did anything on this entire touchdown drive. It was all the running game or, you know, maybe the return game. However, it shaked out. But Andy Dalton, one of two for 21 yards on this drive. Come on. What are we talking about here, man? What are we talking about? I cannot believe how how big lying they were. <laughs> the, the Bears organization was in that interview. I cannot believe some of these quotes that we got. Well, let's keep it up here. All right. Still a kind of a close game. Here we go. Here we go. This is what we're talking about right here. And once again, Again. Um, so a highlight. This is what Andy Dalton's done in the game so far. Five of nine for 64 yards, a touchdown and an interception. And that touchdown was a wide receiver screen. Come on. Or running back screen at the wide receiver position. However you want to categorize it. But I'll give him this one. A nice 50-50 ball. But once again, I mean, this one's a little kind of a crazy placement. And we got to give it up for the receiver. I think that's Amari Cooper over there making the – oh, no, this is CeeDee Lamb. Who am I disrespecting? Uh, making that huge adjustment. I mean, how, look at how this man adjusts to the ball right here. See, so he's like, oh, my God, this way ahead of me. I didn't think it was going to be that deep back in the end zone but he's able to make that great adjustment the wide receiver and the bears don't have any great wide receivers like cd lamb i mean come on oh man all righty what else do we get here all righty here we go 13 seconds left, kind of a wide open pass, puts it right on them. That's just poor defense by the Vikings, and we heard Mike Zimmer at the end of the season say that this was the worst defense he's ever had. So, yes, Andy Dalton is having decent success here against a very, very bad defense, but here we go. Let's see if he can do anything in the clutch. Is this going to be the second time he did something in the clutch here? Nice job. Just sits down right there, a decently open wide receiver on fourth and six. It's a good pass. I'll give it to him right there. Let's see if he can capitalize here. Let's see if he can cap off this win. On the goal line. All right, here we go. Third and goal. Andy Dalton. Wide open. <laughs> Delivers a wide open ball. All right. All right. Every pass here that is just all wide open, folks. And I don't want to knock you for delivering wide open balls, but I, I, I've got to on some, on some of these. These are just wild. All right, taking off. All right, the wheels, the speed, diving forward on third and 12. Are they going to give it to him? 
Very well done. All right, I think you got it there. Nice pickup with the wheels. All right. See if we get anything else here. Andy Dalton slinging it. A little bit wide open once again. Wide open. These receivers doing good. All right, and once again, just results in a field goal. Not capitalizing on touchdowns. Classic. All right, here we go. What do we get? Andy Dalton going deep. There we go. That's what we're talking about. Here we go. Now we're starting to talk. This is a great ball right here by this man. Let's count the yards. Throwing it from the 40. Um, high and away from the defender at the 20. That's 40 yards solid right there. Let's get it. Perfect. All right. All right. Now we're back to, you know, this is what we're talking about. This is what we want to see. Alrighty, In the red zone against this Ravens defense. Here we go. Oh my goodness. Do you see this, folks? Do you, <laughs> do you see? Look at this. Look at the yards and the stats for this man. Um, through the first quarter, basically, because we're getting the start of the first the start of the second quarter here. And so far, Andy Dalton went six of seven for 25 yards. Dinking dunker out here. He's dinking and dunking. That's not impressive. But this one's decent, I would guess. Who is that? Once again, um Gallup. These receivers doing very well right here. That's a decently thrown ball. I'll give them to this one as well. Good throw. Good catch. Unfortunately, defender was a tad off on this one. But I'll give them this one. All right. But once again, just doing nothing else. Just literally doing nothing else for the entire game. That's the only thing he did all game. Because now the next highlight we get of Andy Dalton still in the Ravens game. Still with those 10 points. And we're at the end of the fourth quarter. And they're down 17 points. This is game over. But let's see what Andy Dalton can do in garbage time on fourth and goal here. Wide open back of the end zone. Wide receiver uh, goes up and gets this highly thrown ball over the middle. I mean, I think we've seen enough here, folks. We don't need to waste all day here. Um, against his former team. What do you got? Anything good? Andy Dalton against his former team. 14 of 24, 146 yards. One touchdown, no picks. Is that good? Is that a quarterback you want on your team? 146 yards on dinking and dunking? I'm just not seeing what the general managers were saying, man. I'm not seeing it. It's all wide receiver that's helping this man out. I don't think Andy Dalton's going to pan out with the Bears, folks. I do not see it. He's one of the most complete quarterbacks that we evaluated in free agency, and we're excited to have him. That's where we're going to leave this segment, folks, on that quote alone. He's one of the most complete quarterbacks that we evaluated in free agency, and we're excited to have him. We'll see how excited they are having him on the roster come the end of the 2021 season because I don't think they're going to be all smiles at that. I think Matt Nagy's going to be frowning, getting fired from the Bears. Alrighty, let's move on. Ooh, he spent a lot of time on that segment. Gosh darn. But let's uh, kind of quickly finish off these stories here. Here we go. Texans could pursue quarterback Alex Smith if Deshaun Watson isn't on their team this fall. Man, oh man, going from a great talent of Deshaun Watson all the way down to Alex Smith. I mean, folks, he's done. He's done. Let's give somebody else a chance. Let's get Mark. Can we get Marcus Mariota a second starting chance here? Can somebody go and get this man instead of, you know, believing in Andy Dalton for 20 seasons and still believing in Alex Smith after, you know, lag reconstruction surgery. I mean, the man just threw six touchdowns and eight interceptions last season, folks. Come on. What are we talking about here? I understand the Tex the uh, the Washington football team's wide receivers are very lackluster, but I mean, they were still winning games decently and being competitive in all those games because Ron Rivera, I mean, 
I would, you know, these weapons weren't great A1 tier 1 or even kind of A2 tier 2, honestly. Uh, but still, you have to make it work. You have to make it work what you're given. And Andy, and Alex Smith, six touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's not good, folks. It's truly not that great. So, uh, Texans, you better be crossing your fingers if Sean Watson does not go anywhere. And that just leads, <laughs> leads us into this. The Houston Police Department has launched an investigation concerning Deshaun Watson after a complaint filed... Um, a complaint and filed a report against the Texans quarterback on Friday. So I think this is the first uh, criminal one. Now the uh, police is getting involved. The other ones were just civil matters. Uh, but let's let, let's read some of this and see what we get here. Alrighty, so here we go. The Houston Police Department has launched an investigation concerning Deshaun Watson after a complaint and filed a report against the Houston Texans quarterback on Friday. Quote. As with any allegation, the Houston Police Department is now conducting an investigation and will not comment further during the investigative process, the department said. <clears throat> All right. Watson's lawyer, Rusty Harden, said in a statement later Friday that he and Watson will, quote, fully cooperate with the Houston Police Department. I mean, okay, yeah, do that, please. Uh, we welcome this long overdue development, Hartman said. Now we will learn the identity of at least one of the accusers, at least one of the 20, uh, 21 other kind of civil lawsuits that they have pending. We will fully cooperate with the Houston Police Department. I love it. I mean, this lawyer, we've been kind of tracking the story since it began. I mean, the, Deshaun Watson's lawyer has been adamant and be like, can we just know the name of these people? We don't even know the names of of these kind of accusations coming forward. So they're definitely going to be uh, looking at this identity of the person. Is this going to jog Deshaun Watson's memory? Oh, yeah, Christina B. Oh, shit. It's Christina. Oh, fuck. Christina B. That was the worst one I've ever had. Damn it. <laughs> so hopefully Deshaun Watson's not stressing now knowing one of the identities of his accusers. Uh, Watson is currently facing 21 civil lawsuits, man. Not good. Not good. Uh, the, they all are civil, but now we do have the official investigation here. Uh, Busby in a statement Friday, this is the one that's kind of representing all these civil lawsuits, the lawyer Busby in a statement Friday said he wasn't personally involved in filing the report with the police. He wrote on Instagram earlier this week that he didn't feel comfortable going to the Houston police department with any information and that he and his clients quote, will go elsewhere to provide our evidence to investigative authorities. Now that's a big red flag right there. You're not trusting the police department. Now is that, because of corruption in the police department or is that because you know your case has no water and you don't want the police getting involved so the big red flag right here we're not really sure which one it is um truly unfortunate <clears throat> Uh, but let's keep going. Watson has publicly denied any wrongdoing, and Harden said last week that he believes, quote, any allegation that Deshaun forced a woman to commit a sexual act is completely false. Harden, the, um, the Deshaun Watson's lawyer on Wednesday, released statements from 18 women who say they have worked with the Texans quarterback and that he, quote, had never made them feel uncomfortable or demanded anything outside the scope of a professional massage. Watson's attorney said in the statements were voluntary and from women who collectively, quote, worked with Deshaun Watson for more than 130 times over the past five years. So once again, another kind of green flag for Deshaun Watson. Hey, I got 18 other women that are like, nah, it was good. I wasn't uh, sexually assaulted. Uh, he never came. 
<laughs> he never came on me during my massages. Yeah, I mean, 130 times over five years, we, we've never had an incident. So it's real wonky, man. We've got civil lawsuits. Now we finally get a, an investigation by the police department. But uh, Watts or um, uh, Harden is not willing to kind of cooperate with the police that he's not comfortable going to the police and is going to go with other investigative authorities. So real wonky right here. Really cannot get a firm kind of understanding on the stories. Too many question marks and a lot of kind of gray area. And I'm sure there's a lot of information that we haven't even heard yet. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. But I, I think this is kind of helping Deshaun Watson out a little bit. I think of you know of reading all these stories i think we're gonna give you know 55 percent of deshaun watson kind of in the clear in the right <clears throat> uh we we just read this quote this was in the article but we'll say it one more time a statement from deshaun watson's attorney rusty Harden here we welcome this long due over develop or we <laughs> we welcome this long overdue development now we will learn the identity of at least one accuser so we'll start to see what's going to happen but um a lot of question marks everywhere still, folks. Not great. Alrighty, let's uh, kind of run through these basketball stories pretty quickly here. Here we go. Gary Trent Jr. had the highest plus-minus, a plus-54 in the Raptors franchise history. Wild. Just got here and already setting records for a new organization. Congrats to Gary Trent Jr. I definitely hope he has success. I mean, I liked I liked him on the Blazers. Unfortunately, they got rid of him. And I think the Blazers have a – I think – well, I know. The Blazers have a better chance at winning of a title right now than the Raptors do. So, truly unfortunate by Gary Trent Jr going to a winning team to a losing team not the best but I mean they just blew out the Warriors last night he was a plus 54 on the floor so congratulations on getting into the record books my man all righty yes sir my man was making mainstream news yesterday Jackson Hayes absolutely fantastic he had a wild dunk here look at him reach all the way back yes sir I reach back like one three no 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 I reach back like what's his number right here what's his number Darn, I can't get a number. One, one, zero. I reach back like one, zero, like one, zero. Yes, sir. Look at this man. Go and get up on this pass right here, this lob, and go down with the thunderous donk right here. I'm telling y'all, this is one of the most athletic players currently in the league. I would probably say the most athletic. I love seeing this man play all the time. I wish he would get more minutes right here. Uh, but here we go. Another one, a big old dunk. Folks, he's long. He's lanky. He has, he's athletic. Do not underestimate what this man can do. The reason why he's just not getting a lot of play time i think you know just because he's uh, you know he's a young guy in this league but he definitely proves himself every time he steps out on the floor like i said i wish he would get so many more minutes like like it look at this man takes all that contact and still is able to get the dunk down and oh my gosh look at this one Woof, driving against the Nuggets, and man, oh man, he's got the hammer. Oh, that's the Clippers, and he had the hammer waiting for them. Holy moly, that's a poster. Go up and get it. Go up and get the ball, young fella. This man is absolutely magnificent. Here we go. Pick, roll, catch, dunk, easy money there. Don't disrespect Jackson Hayes, folks. Man, oh man. Once he becomes mainstream, folks, it's going to be over for the league. It's truly going to be over. This man can play. This man can hoop. He's athletic. He can dunk. He can block. He can defend. He can go. Look at that. Authority. Thunderous dunk. 
Love everything about this, man. Truly. Let's finish it off here. Last highlight here. Lob up. Go get it once again. Can he? If you just throw it in the vicinity, I mean, some of these passes here look like they're coming from Mitch Trubisky of how inaccurate these lobs are. But it doesn't matter because the man always goes up and gets it. Doesn't matter how inaccurate. Doesn't matter how high, how behind. He's got the wingspan to go out. He's got the stretching capabilities to go out and get the ball. Off the putback once again. Come on. Come on. How can you not love what this man can do? So just got a um, <clears throat> nice little uh, clout yesterday from that big old dunk. Everybody was tweeting about him, including us over here at Takes by Fans, our official Twitter account. Follow us at Takes by Fans. But, uh, yeah, absolutely magnificent. Love it. Action Jackson Hayes, folks. Alrighty, sad quote here by Marcus All. Truly unfortunate. Quote, it's a hard pill to swallow because I know I'm going to be out of the lineup at some point. And yeah, they just brought Andre Drummond. Montres Harold is leaps and bounds better than Marcus All just because he's younger. I mean, Marcus All's definitely aging out of this league. He's had a great run in this league. Unfortunately, that it is coming to an end here. Um, he's probably not going to see that many minutes. I mean, you know, Anthony Davis is coming back. LeBron James is coming back. They just got Andre Drummond. Marcus, um, uh, Montres Harold is a sixth man of the year candidate uh so you know they've got bigs they've got beef they not really going to need this man too much now he is going to have to kind of you know step it up in the playoffs when you know they call his number when he rested the entire first round and now it's the second round you know game five where they can close out or game six where they need the win and they have to kind of go to some fresh bigs out there that's where Marcus is going to come in so he still has uh some contribution that is going to be needed if this Lakers team wants to go out and win the ring but he just has to wait for his moment hopefully he doesn't get too down on himself here because this quote is truly sad to hear uh, but uh, they are going to be calling his number I'm assuming uh, late in the playoffs in a deep playoff run so hopefully the man is ready just kind of like how the Lakers relied on JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard periodically throughout the uh, postseason last year and they ended up getting the job done because of that. So, Marcus All, uh, hold your head up a little bit. You're still going to be seeing some action there. Wait till the playoffs, my man. All right, and then Kyle Kuzma just had a very good game, and they ended up winning. But once again, it was against the Kings. All righty. Finally, he steps up a little bit. But, I mean, first game he steps up with no LeBron and no Anthony Davis, and it's still against a not-great team. And now this man's talking. Quote, I put a lot of work in this game. I love this game. I'm always in the gym. I just had to get the mechanics right and keep letting it fly. Alrighty, I would like to see you be a little bit more consistent here. I mean, you're basically the fifth option on this team, honestly. You don't even start when LeBron James and Anthony Davis are there. You're coming off the bench, and, you know, when those two are out, you really don't step it up when you're in the starting lineup. But, you know, he finally has a good game against the Kings. Mm, okay, okay. And now he wants to talk. Alrighty, I'll let you do you. Uh, go and celebrate the win, I guess. <laughs> Alrighty, Blazers are planning on signing Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Alright, I think this is a pretty good uh, pickup here. Let's uh, get his uh, stats here. Um, I mean, the I mean, the Blazers are deep enough. I mean, this would just definitely put them over the top. They're kind of going what the the Nets are doing, just kind of going deeper and deeper. Alrighty, let's see what this man is doing here so far. Um, alrighty, played uh, 59 games in 2018 and put up uh, 13 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 
A steal a game? We're that's what we're talking about. So a nice bench piece here just to make the Blazers a little bit deeper. Get this man right for a nice long playoff run here. Just this season with the Raptors. Barely started, barely played, and he averaged 7 points, 4 rebounds, and 1.8 assists. So really the rebounds and the assists are always still there, hovering around, you know, 5 to 6 rebounds, 1 to 2 assists. The points there uh, maxed out at 13, but he's hovering around 8, so this is exactly what what the Blazers need just more depth a little bit more and they're going to be fine so great pick up here watch out for the Blazers man if they can get right just truly unfortunate they're in the west if they were in the east I mean man oh man they'd be the second best team the Nets obviously number one but the Blazers would be number two unfortunately we know how tight this western conference is in the NBA Alrighty, not great news for the Pelicans right here. Josh Hart to miss, quote, significant time with a torn UCL in his right thumb. So this is the, we just saw the Blazers get deeper off the bench and now the Pelicans get less depth off the bench here with this Josh Hart injury. Uh, probably the second, or yeah, probably the, the best player coming off the bench here. So starters are all going to have to get it done and that's something that we haven't really seen too much. Um, so hopefully Jackson Hayes gets more times here for the Pelicans. Pelicans. Hopefully, Nikhil Alexander-Walker gets a little bit more time. We're still not unsure of what's going to happen with Lonzo because we've seen Nikhil Alexander-Walker in the starting lineup. And let's get to this one before we get to the other one. But Isaiah Thomas is expected to sign a 10-day contract with the Pelicans. So we just heard the story about Lonzo Ball not wanting to be in New Orleans next season. And he's been out for these last couple of games here with the injury. So I really think they're starting, to, they're, they're starting their exit strategy on Lonzo Ball, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. They're starting to get him acclimated into the starting lineup and is doing pretty good out there and now they're bringing in Isaiah Thomas who hasn't played in a while so I mean this man has got great production he can definitely be a good starting point guard in this league or definitely you know be even maybe even better coming off the bench uh, but let's get the right Isaiah Thomas right here <laughs> not the uh, not the goat Isaiah Thomas um, so here we go here we go. All right. Hasn't played. When was the last time this man even played? 2020 and why he played this year or no last season with the Wizards. Yeah, I was going to say he didn't play this season, but uh, last season with the Wizards, I mean, 12 points, three assists, one rebound in how many minutes? How many minutes was this man playing out here? Um, They got that up here. About uh, 23 minutes a game. So, I mean, still productive. That's all they need is just some sort of production here. So, hopefully, I'm definitely rooting for this man to get right, get back to kind of what he could do. I mean, what's his peak right here? Maybe with the... Uh, the uh the Lakers right here, 15 points, 5 assists. That was pretty good. Probably his peak. Oh, no. What's this one? Yeah, with the Celtics. Yeah, this is with the Celtics. Played all 82 games as well. 22 points, 6 assists, 28 points, and 6 assists. I mean, the year after. So this man could definitely be a huge useful weapon here, especially for this Pelicans team who may be up in the air with Lonzo Ball a little bit. So hopefully he can get right and be instant production here for this team because I do want to see this Pelicans team flourish a little bit. And then a little bit of a bad story here to end it. Malik Monk for the uh, for the Hornets going to be missing at least two weeks here. Now, the Hornets just won last night, so hopefully, I mean, they're losing a lot of pieces here. They're getting less and less deep, but they're still winning games, so hopefully they can continue that. Um, it's definitely, I mean, they definitely got a hard uphill battle to climb if they want to stay at this fourth seed in the East. Truly unfortunate. Everything is not going their way. Um, luckily for them, they got a nice kind of like six point to six win. 
uh, cushion between the four and the tenth seed. So hopefully they can still make that playing tournament. Hopefully Lamelo Ball can come back right before the end of the season and kind of you know maybe elevate them a little bit more if they're not in that playing tournament or just kind of improve their positioning in the playoffs a little bit. But uh, man, oh man, the Hornets, man, they're all playing so well. They're all buying in. The next man up mentality is flowing through this team uh, just another roadblock another hurdle another obstacle this team has to overcome so hopefully they can keep overcoming all these injuries Alrighty, those are all the stories we needed to break down today. So let's head over to the NBA. We'll break down what happened yesterday. We'll do our moneymaker for today's NBA action. Oh, no. Uh, well, um, well, actually, first, let's head over to uh, March Madness first. Let's do this. Because uh, we do have March Madness games on tonight. Two games. The final four is being played today, starting at 5-14. Baylor versus Houston. Uh, so let's talk through these and see if we get any great value here. So the first game up, Houston and Baylor. Houston plus five, Baylor minus five. Alrighty, what do we like about Houston? They've got some nice defense here. Held the first opponent to 56 points, held their next opponent to 60, held the third opponent to 46, and just held the elite eight opponent to 61 points. So they get it done on the defensive end. Now, how's their offensive looking? A little lackluster. They put up 87 points in the first meeting against number 15, Clemson State. All righty, all righty. Nothing really great there. But then their second meeting against Rutgers just squeaked out a win, only putting up 63 points. Against Syracuse, they put up 62 points. And against Oregon State, they put up 67. So they haven't really had these wow performances, these consistent 80 to 75-plus performances here. So that's a little bit of a knock on them. But their defense is truly great here. Now let's talk about Baylor. What have they been doing their scoring output has been decently consistent. 79 points in their first game, 76 in their second, 62 in their third, and then back up to 81 here, the most they scored in the Elite Eight game against Arkansas. So their offense, nothing, you know, great. I don't think they've got that great scoring that Gonzaga has as, you know, another number one just to kind of compare. But, you know, a nice 75 to 80 points, that's what Baylor can put up. Now, how is Baylor's defense looking? They held Hartford to only 55 points, Wisconsin to 63, Nova to 51, but then just Arkansas to 72 against kind of a top three team here. Nova top five, held them to 51, Wisconsin's number nine at 63, but now you face, you know, your your most your best, the hardest opponent that you face so far, a three seed, and you give up 72 points. So maybe they were kind of, you know, banking on the lackluster offensive performance of these other teams here. So we get Baylor versus Houston here. Baylor, who's not really shown great offense or great defense through this, throughout this tournament. And then Houston, that's got great defense and a little bit of lackluster offense. So that's kind of what we're looking at at the number one, two matchup here. So I think we got to go with the points here. I'm going to take the five points here for Houston. I think their defense kind of surprises Baylor a little bit, gets them off the mark, and then Houston just keeps this game competitive. They may not win, but we do get five points here, and I think that's enough for us to take it here. So Houston's defense, I think, gets it done, and their offense is still you know decently on par and keeps them in it. So we'll take Houston plus five. 
And then we get UCLA versus Gonzaga. And man, oh man, oh man, this Gonzaga team is just looking absolutely dominant. Offensively, defensively, putting it together, scoring 98 points their first meeting, holding the other team to 55 points. That was the best performance in the entire tournament in any round there was. Uh, second game, Gonzaga scoring is still up there. 87 points, holding Oklahoma to 71. Then their third game, putting up 83 points, holding the other team to 65. And then just in the Elite Eight, winning 85 to 66, a basically a 20-point win. Their offense, defense gets it done. Now what UCL what has UCLA been doing? Alrighty, first game winning 73 to 62. Then in the second game, they held ACU to 47 points. That's really not a huge accomplishment there. And UCLA only put up 67 points. Then the scoring came back out for uh, UCLA in the uh, the Sweet 16 against Bama, uh, putting up 88 points, holding Bama to 78 points for a 10-point win there. And then in the Elite Eight, upsetting number one Michigan, a huge, great game here. Uh, held, held Michigan to 49 points. They scored 51 in a close win there. But the offense really struggled throughout the entire game. Both defenses were doing pretty decent. But that lack of scoring production from UCLA, I think it's definitely going to hurt them especially with the great offense and defensive output by Gonzaga. Gonzaga's always had great offense and great defensive games together, where UCLA, you know, we're having great offensive game, we're putting up 80 points, but we're giving up 78 points, and then when our defense holds, we're not, our scoring output isn't really anything that great with only 51 points. I think that's the lowest win throughout the entire tournament. Nobody else has won just by scoring 58 points, folks. That's not too, that's a little concerning. It's a little concerning. If it didn't come in the Elite Eight, that would be even more concerning. So I get it, you know, you know, an 11 seed facing a number one seed. So it's good for them. But overall, now you're facing one of the best teams in the entire tournament, not just in the East region. So it's a lot of points to swallow here, minus 14 and a half points. But I think we're going to swallow it here. I really just see Gonzaga steamrolling everybody. And UCLA doesn't really have the size below to kind of keep up with just everybody on Gonzaga is just beef on beef on beef. So we'll swallow the 14 and a half here for Gonzaga. I think they steamroll. So Houston plus five, Gonzaga minus 14 and a half for today's NCAA March Madness Final Four leading up until Monday. Um, where I believe the winners will play. Here it is. I mean, yeah, uh, look at look at what they've got here. They've got all the spreads here for all the potential. Baylor, Gonzaga, Houston, Gonzaga, Houston, UCLA, Baylor, UCLA. All righty. So interesting here. But uh, yeah, Monday at nine o'clock will be the final round. But uh, until then, we got to bank on Houston plus five and Gonzaga minus fourteen and a half. Alrighty, now let's head over to the NBA. Like we said, we'll quickly break down what happened yesterday, do our moneymaker for today's action, and then go over into our MVP and sixth man of the year discussion for this season in the NBA. So let's get it started here with uh, the clearest blowout we have ever seen in an NBA game. Warriors, Raptors, no Steph Curry, and a big old problem ensues, and the Raptors getting back on track 
track here. So Raptors win 130 to 77. Yikes. 61 point win for the Raptors. That's why Gary Trent Jr. has a plus 54. I mean, Pascal Siakam had a plus 49. Uh, OG Ananubi had a plus 43. I mean, it's just wild out here. So we can go through this one very quickly. Obviously, nothing matters in this game because it was just an absolute blowout. Fred Van Vliet also only played 18 minutes, 7.3 assists for him. Gary Trent Jr., 24 points, 5 rebounds. Chris Boucher, 10.6 rebounds. Pascal Siakam, 36 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds. And OG Adenubi, 21 points. And then off the bench, uh, Malachi Flynn with 16 points. So Raptors as a team collective get it done. Now for the Warriors, who did not step up here besides everybody? So Kelly Oubre Jr., once again floundering without Steph Curry, 9 points on 27% shooting. James Wiseman still floundering out here, 9 points, 5 rebounds. Juan Toscano-Anderson, 0 points and only 11 minutes on 0% shooting. Didn't even shoot any. And then Jordan Poole in place of Steph Curry, not doing anything close to what Steph Curry does. 10 points, 1 assist, 2 rebounds on 20% shooting. That just leads us Andrew Wiggins. Still doing decent out here, 15 points, led the team in scoring. 2 assists, 4 rebounds on 55% shooting. So, uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins trying his best out here. Unfortunately, he doesn't step up. He doesn't go for 30, but nobody else does. So, truly a bad game here for this Warriors team that had no Steph Curry or Draymond Green. So, expected loss there, but not that bad. Jesus. Have some respect for yourselves out there, the Warriors. Gosh darn. Alrighty, let's uh, go to a decently, decently competitive game here to the Rockets and the Celtics. This was one of our moneymaker picks from last night. Unfortunately, we believed a little bit too heavy in the Rockets. We thought John Wall was a game time decision. Unfortunately, he doesn't play, uh, but we had the Rockets plus 12. They lose by 16. So a little unfortunate here. Uh, but uh, Evan Fournier kind of came alive late in the third quarter and really kind of helped them out and kind of propelled them to a nice win there. So let's start here with the Celtics. Evan Fournier coming off the bench, 23 points on 61% shooting in 7-11 from three. So, yes, sir, that's what we're talking about. Great night by Evan Fournier. Now we're starting to see him get kind of into the rotation here, kind of floundered in his first game there. I believe this is only a second game here uh, playing. So it's back on track, and now we can kind of take the Celtics Celtics team as legit contenders because not only did Evan Fournier have a great game, Robert Williams had his best game of the entire season here. 20 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds on 100% shooting, 9 of 9 from the field. Very well done. Great defense as well, plus 22 and a nice kind of 16-point win. So, Robert Williams, I mean, this is what we're talking about. We're kind of, Robert Williams is kind of, you know, the best center that the Celtics have. That's why they got rid of Daniel Tice. But Robert Williams is really coming into his own now, uh, being the true sole starting center here at the five position here for the Celtics. So, great night by Robert Williams. Kemba Walker, 11 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, only taking 6 threes. That's what we're talking about, Kemba. Defer the ball to everybody else. You don't need to be the main scorer here. You're kind of the worst scorer on this team, honestly. So, uh, just be the facilitator be the point guard come on so great night by him here Robert Williams with the 20 points Jason Tatum with 26 points nine rebounds on 52% shooting five of 11 from three and then Jalen Brown who left the game kind of late third quarter early fourth quarter um, or maybe even mid fourth quarter but uh, still got great production here from him 22 points two steals two assists 11 rebounds on 45% shooting on 20 shots not terrible overall and then Marcus Mark to round out the starters six points 
three steals, ten assists, four rebounds. So the guards getting it done. Everybody, everybody got it done this game. This is a perfect game by the Celtics. This is what they need to be if they want to have a chance at kind of competing in that Eastern Conference and kind of uh, representing the East in the finals. So very, very well done. And then we got. Um, Anybody else we got to shut out? No. Um, I mean, they're really not deep. I mean, they're only six people deep, honestly. So, very well done. Everybody getting it done here for the Celtics. A great team win for them. Now we can start buying the Celtics a little bit more now. And then let's go to the Rockets. No um, John Wall, unfortunately, but Christian Wood is still out there. Kelly Olenek is still out there. So let's see what's going on here. Kevin Porter Jr. in the starting lineup, 12 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds on 36% shooting, 0-5 from 3. Not great, but everything else pretty decent. Sterling Brown, 8 points, 4 rebounds. He shot 2 of 3 from 3, 42% overall. Christian Wood, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. Yes, sir. Ja'Shawn Tate, 9 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. And Daniel House Jr., 5 points, 2 rebounds. So they just lacked scoring. Nobody was putting up a lot of shots. Nobody was scoring the ball a lot. And that's to, you know, without John Wall, that's kind of, you know, what they have. So I would have liked to see Sterling Brown. We've seen him be able to kind of go and get that 25 points plus when they need it. So would have liked to see Kevin Porter Jr., Sterling Brown kind of, you know, put the team on their back scoring wise unfortunately nobody really did that but Avery Bradley off the bench 15 points three assists uh, six rebounds and Kelly Olenek great night by him uh, 10 points four assists three rebounds off the bench and a plus one on the floor and a loss so I'll take that man so decent overall team here by the Rockets once John Wall starts to play a little bit more consistently we'll have no problem kind of buying this Rockets team on a nightly basis depending on who they're up against but uh, this is a decent squad here it's a decent decent squad out here with the Rockets it's a winnable squad out here it's a uh, potentially uh, maybe not because they're in the West, but um, hmm, yeah, no, 10, 10 games out from that 10 seed. They won't be able to get into the playoff games, but uh, uh, it, it, it's decent. It's decent. It's decent. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. It's a decent lineup if John Wall is playing. <clears throat> All right, so the Celtics win 118-102. Now let's go to the Knicks and the Mavericks now. Alrighty, Mavericks beating the Knicks. And I mean, man, oh man, this Knicks team, we sold them at the right time. We really haven't been buying into them since that kind of streak where everybody was talking about them, I think right before the trade deadline. But uh, after that, I mean, they, it's just nothing great. Nobody's stepping up consistently. And that Knicks team, they need the starters and bench to all play great on a nightly basis. And we really do not get that. Uh, so let's start here with the Mavericks. Luka Doncic still in the games here. 26. Six points, seven assists, eight rebounds. Great night by him. Josh Richardson, 11 points, four rebounds. Chris Porzingis, 15 points, eight rebounds. Great defensive night by him as well at plus 16 on the floor. Uh, Maxi Kleber, seven points, two steals, two assists, seven rebounds. On uh, efficient shooting, 60%. And then Dorian Finney-Smith, six points, nine rebounds on not efficient shooting, 25% from the field. Um, but then they're benched. Tim Hardaway Jr., 14 points, two steals, one assist, three rebounds. Great night by him. And then Jalen Brunson, 15 points, five assists, seven rebounds. So the starters all kind of got it done. The stars got it done. And nice double two people off the bench in double-digit scoring. So decent game here by the Mavericks facing a very lackluster Knicks team. So let's see who did not step up here. Julius Randle, 14 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds. He shot... 
poor as poor, folks. 25% on 20 shots, 1 of 7 from 3. So the uh, his stats are good, but that shooting production is absolutely atrocious. A huge reason why they lost this game. Reggie Bullock, 13 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist. He was the third leading scorer with 13 points. And then, folks, look at this rest of the starting lineup. Nerlens no 4 points, 5 rebounds. R.J. Barrett, 8.6 rebounds. Alfred Payton. And also, R.J. Barrett shot 27% with those 8 points, so not great. And then Alfred Payton, 6 points, 4 rebounds on 50% shooting. And then their bench, yeah, we get Alec Burks, 20 points, 2 rebounds, but Taj Gibson, 4 points. Derrick Rose, 2 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. That's not bad, but he shot 10%, folks. Emmanuel quickly, 6 points on 22% shooting. Then we get Obi Toppin, who had 9 points on 80% shooting, but just, we need, folks, it's truly, it needs everybody on this Knicks team because really the only good starters are Julius Randle and RJ Barrett and then the only good bench pieces are Emmanuel Quickly, Taj Gibson, Alec Burks, Obi Toppin, Derrick Rose so we need great production from this bench because the starters are kind of lackluster in totality so Knicks lose classic Knicks cannot buy the Knicks I mean honestly folks what, the Knicks are the seventh best team in the east I mean that's wild folks that just shows the disparity of talent in the east and the west man so east is easy man and uh, it's just not a, it's just not a good conference overall top down Alrighty, let's keep going here. Hornets and the Pacers, and the Hornets get the win. Yes, sir. Love it. Love it. Hornets here win 114.97. I mean, folks, what are we talking? I haven't heard a peep of the Pacers in the national media, and that's a good thing because they are just nothing. They are nothing. If you took them out of the league, if they never played another game, nobody would know the difference, folks. So Hornets beating the Pacers. Uh, very well done to the Hornets. Devontae Graham, 12 points, 5 steals, 6 assists, 3 rebounds. He shot poor, only 20% and 1 of 8 from 3, but everything else was pretty great. Uh, Terry Rougier, once again, the same thing. 15 points, 2 steals, 3 assists, 6 rebounds on very, very poor, shooting 26% and 1 of 9 from 3, but everything else was very, very good for the team. And hey, you got the win, so uh, inefficient shooting and you still get the win. That's what we're talking about. Uh, Bismick Biombo here, 6 points, 5 rebounds. P.J. Washington, 13 points, 2 steals, 2 assists, 2 rebounds. I mean, great defense here by this Hornets team. And then Gordon Hayward to round up the starters, 13 points, 6 assists, 8 rebounds on 50% shooting. So a very great job here by the starters, all getting it done in every facet of the game, offense and defense. And then their bench, yes, sir. Brad Wanamaker stepping up here, 13 points, 2 assists, or 4 assists, 2 steals. Fantastic. Cody Zeller, 17 points, 4 rebounds. Miles. Bridges, 23 points, 10 rebounds. And Malik Monk did not play this game. Is that correct? That is correct. So, I mean, very well done. I mean, they're not going to be missing. Well, they are going to be missing him, but, you know, he still didn't play yesterday. So, I mean, that's pretty good that they were still winning without him because we know that he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, so, man, oh, man, I got to give respect, a lot of respect to this Hornets team for winning again here. Fantastic work. Beating the Pacers. Let's see what went wrong with them. Here we go. Edmund Sumner, the starting point guard for them in the starting rotation. Uh, 10 points, 3 assists, 6 rebounds on 50% shooting. Not not bad. And then Karis LeVert, 16 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds on 38% shooting. Not the greatest, just kind of meh out there. Miles Turner, 7 points, 8 rebounds. I mean, we all hear about the defense of Miles Turner, but not defensive last night. And, I mean, you're getting bit, beat by Bismick Biombo and Cody Zeller. Miles Turner, come on, got to be better than that. 
Tabontis Sabonis, 8 points, 4 assists, 10 rebounds. A little lackluster game by him. I mean, he shot decent, 57%, just didn't take a lot of shots. And he needed to because nobody was kind of scoring decently on this team. And then Justin Holiday, 9 points on 23% shooting, 6 rebounds to go along with that. But they did get some nice contributions here off their bench. TJ McConnell, 12 points, 7 assists. Doug McDermott, 13 points. And Aaron Holiday, 12 points. And uh, Goga Bitazdi. <laughs> Bit, but days, 10 points, 7 rebounds. So, uh, the starters here for the Pacers, very lackluster. They've really got nothing. Karis LeVert's not really pushing them over the edge like we were kind of hoping he would. DeBonta Sabonis isn't kind of being like Luka Doncic, who's just kind of every single game giving us very close to triple doubles and getting that done, getting it done in kind of the bulk of the scoring department. So, can't really be the kind of the leading scorer here. Karis LeVert's not kind of being that leading scorer you wish he would be, and uh, they don't have anything on this team. So, Pacers are lackluster like always. Alrighty, then we go to the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. The only game that we hit last night in our three-team moneymaker, Grizzlies minus six and a half. They win by 12. Very well done. So let's start here with the Grizzlies. John Morant, only 11 points, seven assists, three rebounds, and uh, 42% shooting. So not taking a lot of shots, only seven, but just kind of being the facilitator and the defender out there. So well done. Grayson Allen did end up playing. It was a game-time decision, and we were kind of, you know, we were still in if he was in, in if he was out. It didn't really make a difference, but he had a great game out here. 15 points. On five of seven from three, very well done. That's exact. That's the only thing we need him to do. Decent defender, hit the threes when when you're open. Hit the threes when John Moran passes you the ball. That's it. So great night by Jay- Grayson Allen here. Jonas Valanciunas, great night. 19 points, 11 rebounds, getting it done. Kyle Anderson, little lackluster here. Seven points, seven assists, eight rebounds. So that's all good, but very inefficient with the only 25% from the field. And then Dylan Brooks, 12 points, 3 assists, decent defender out there. Uh, Once again, a little inefficient with the 38% from the field. But, hey, at the end of the day, he got it done. So we'll give it to him. And then look at this bench scoring, folks. Yes, sir. Not a big fan of this bench. But, hey, if they're going to be putting up performances like this, we can get beyond this bench real quick. So uh, Brandon Clark, 11 points, 2 assists, 4 rebounds. Xavier Tillman, 12 points, 4 rebounds. DeAnthony Melton, 14 points, 3 steals, 3 assists, 4 rebounds. And let's even shout out Desmond Bain. He didn't even have 10-plus points, but 6.7 rebounds. I'll take that in 18 minutes. And then Tyus Jones here, 11 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. So holy moly, a great night here by the bench. Really kind of propels them. And a decent night by the starters. So uh, Grizzlies finally at 500 again. Classic Grizzlies will always follow a game below 500 to get to 500 to a game above 500 and then repeat the cycle again. Um, uh, This Timberwolves team is very lackluster, but this is a nice kind of building point for this bench. So let's see if they can kind of keep it up here because then we can start talking about this Grizzlies team as one of the top tier teams in this league and maybe even get them into our power rankings at some point this season. But we need their bench to be kind of exactly like this on a nightly basis. So we'll see if they can kind of can can continue this type of play here. Um... But we gotta see. We gotta start to see him do it against good teams and not just Timberwolves. You know what I mean? Uh, so let's talk about the Timberwolves now. Carl Anthony Towns does his thing. 30 points, 16 rebounds. Great night by him. Anthony Edwards also had a pretty great night. 22.6 assists, 3 rebounds on 2 of 3 from 3 and 64% overall. So those two got it done. But once again, I mean, this team is not deep, folks. I mean, the next leading score was 18 points, Naz Reed off the bench. And then the fourth leading score was 9 points of Jalen Noel off the bench. So... Malik Beasley, 5 points, 3 rebounds on 16% shooting, did not get it done. Uh, 
Uh, Jordan McLaughlin, six points on 40% shooting, only took five shots, so not a lot of points there. And then J.D. McDaniels, once again, only took four shots, only seven points. So the scoring really is not well-rounded on this team, which we know very lackluster from top to bottom. Yes, they have Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards, the rookie, is kind of, you know, hit and miss. Uh, kind of can can string like two or three good games together, but that's really it. Uh, so very underwhelming Timberwolves team. Thank goodness the Grizzlies won. Alrighty, let's keep going here. Hawks and the Pelicans. Let's start uh, with the Hawks. They won the game 126-103 here over the Pelicans. Nobody playing for this Pelicans team. No Lonzo Ball. No... Um no Zion Williamson, no Steven Adams, no Brandon Ingram. And, you know, so no wonder why they lose this game. But let's start with the Hawks. They didn't even have um, they didn't even have uh, Trey Young, and they still get the win. But they still have Clint Capella, so I guess that's why. <laughs> but uh, let's see who steps it up here. Lou Williams also did play as well off the bench. But uh, here we go. Brandon Goodwin, or, yeah, Brandon Goodwin filling in for uh, Trey Young. Ten points, five assists on 40% shooting. All right, a little lackluster of what Trey Young brings to the table. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, he's having great success out here, man. He's getting it done. 26 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds on 6 of 11 from 3. He's been having some great performances these last two games, Ben, getting it done. So if you can still play at this level of play, I mean, with the addition of Lou Williams, now we're talking about a decent team here that can t potentially make a decent playoff run. Um, all right, Clint Capella, 14 points, 10 rebounds. Solomon Hill, 7 points, 2 assists, 4 rebounds. And then Kevin Huter back in the starting lineup at the 3, 24, 24 points on 66% shooting, 2 of 5 from 3. So very well done. Everybody's stepping it up here. Bogdan Bogdanovich has a great game. Kevin Huter has a great game. And then we get to the bench. Lou Williams, 19 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds on 53% shooting, and 1 of 1 from 3. Magnificent work out there. That's what this Hawks team needed. A reliable scorer off the bench. And Lou Williams, now that, he, now that he's acquainted, has a game under his belt, having great performances out here. Love it. And then also off the bench, Tony Snell, for 10 points, 4 rebounds. And Onika Ankonkwu, um, 11 points and 9 rebounds. So absolutely magnificent game here for the, by the Hawks. Everybody getting it done. Now let's go to the Pelicans here. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, lackluster game here. 12 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds on 20% shooting and 2 of 8 from 3. Would have liked to have seen this man step it up a little bit. Uh, you know, we're kind of praising him kind of a lot here on the show a little bit. Uh, definitely need to see him, you know, with the starters a little bit more, you know, depending on what's going to happen with Lonzo Ball. Uh, but Nikhil Alexander-Walker trying to do his thing here with the B team just couldn't couldn't quite get it done. Eric Bledsoe, 14 points on inefficient shooting, 0 of 5 from 3, 35% overall from the field, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. Jackson Hayes in the starting center position getting 26 big old points here. Or 26 big old minutes here, 12 points, 4 rebounds on 4 of 9 shooting. Wish he was a little bit better out there. Uh, a minus 10 in a 23-point uh, loss, so not terrible on the defensive end there. 
James Johnson, 16 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. He was efficient. Great night by him. And then Najee Marshall here, 9 points on not efficient shooting, 5 rebounds to go along with that. Um, also off the bench, we get Kiara Lewis Jr., 21 points, 2 assists, 2 rebounds on 56% shooting off the bench. And uh, Wes Wundu, uh, 10 points and 2 assists. So we'll see what happens with this uh, Pelicans team when Lonzo Ball, if he becomes healthy. What happens with Nikhil Alexander-Walker? What happens with... Uh, um, Isaiah Thomas when he gets here so uh, some definite question marks here for the Pelicans trying to make that late playoff push they are currently the 12th seed here in the West they are two games out from that 10th seed for the playing tournament so we'll see how they finish this back half of the season but they definitely have their work cut out for them Alrighty, let's move on to Bulls and the Jazz. And man, oh man, Vucevic is here. And that's three strikes, three straight losses for this Bulls team. So truly, truly unfortunate here. Thaddeus Young in the starting lineup. Zach Levine back. And they still can't beat this Jazz team. Truly unfortunate that they had to run into the Jazz. I mean, the Bulls can't even get a win with their newly acquired pieces. And it's tough enough trying to go against, you know, one of the top tier teams in the league. So let's start here with the Jazz. And then we'll see what's going on with the Bulls. But my Mike Connolly, 13 points, 5 assists, 2 rebounds. Decent night by him. Donovan Mitchell back healthy, or I think it was out for personal reasons, but uh, 26 points, 5 assists, or 26 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. Wasn't efficient, but I'll give him the 26 points there. Rudy Gobert, 19 points, 13 rebounds. Great night by him. Royce O'Neal, 2 points, 6 rebounds, but just a nice defense out there, plus 14. And then Bohan Bogdanovich, 18 points, 8 rebounds. Um, off the bench, we get Jordan Clarkson, 19 points, 2 rebounds. Great night by him. Classic night by him, I should say. Um, so, yeah, great night by the Jazz. I mean, everybody doing their thing here. I mean, this is a classic Jazz game, and they get the job done. In a nice kind of, uh, what do we got here, seven-point win. So, truly unfortunate here by the Bulls. They're trying, they're trying, but they just cannot kind of, all right, how do we win? How do we all work together? So, let's break down this Bulls team. This is the lineup that they went with. Thomas Sertonski at the starting one, Zach Levine at the two, Patrick Williams at the three, Thaddeus Young at the four, and Vucevic at the five. So, still interesting here. So let's see what happens here. Thomas Sertarnski, 10 points, 4 assists, 6 rebounds on very good shooting, 80%. So a great night by him. Zach Levine, 23 points, 3 assists, 5 rebounds. He shot 2 of 8 from 3. What could have been a little bit better, but he shot 45% from the field, so not bad overall. And then Vucevic here, 16 points, 4 assists, 8 rebounds. Not shooting particularly well out here. 35%, 1 of 5 from 3. Needed it to be a little bit better on the defensive end. Rudy Gobert having great success out there. Thaddeus Young, 25 points, 3 assists, 7 rebounds, and he's a plus 11 in 32 minutes on the floor. Yes! We're going to talk about this man in a second because when we, we because we are going to be covering the six man, our NBA six-man, and man, oh man, he is getting elevated to that starting lineup, so I think that's going to affect his status because you can't play more than 40 games in the starting lineup, I think, or you have to have 40 games of playing off the bench or something like that but, uh, to be eligible for the six-man of the year. But man, oh man, Thaddeus Young, man, getting it done in the starting rotation leading score for the squad the leading plus minus on the floor seven rebounds to go along with that efficient at 64 percent gotta give this man his credit they just need these other pieces to start working well together 
Uh, Patrick Williams, eight points, two steals, three assists, three rebounds, two round up the starters for the Bulls. Alrighty, now let's start talking about the reserves because they do have, they are decently deep. Kobe White's now on the bench. Laurie Markkinen is on the bench now. Daniel Tice is newly acquired here coming off the bench. So let's see how they handle this game. Kobe White, four points. Three assists. That's really it. Laurie Markkanen here. Five points. Two rebounds. They're not taking a lot of shots. Kobe White only took six shots. Laurie Markkanen only took five shots. Daniel Tice, three points. Five rebounds and only five shots. But they're all playing 20-plus minutes out here off the bench. Need to be a little bit better. Then we get Danzel Valentine off the bench. 12 points. Four assists. Four rebounds. Now, that's what we're talking about. If Kobe White and Laurie Markkanen can get decent production here consistently off the bench, this could be a deadly, dangerous Bulls team. But Vucevic has to get a little bit better out here and like we said Kobe Mar Kobe White and Lori Markkanen out here need to get it done off the bench uh, so we'll see what happens here we'll see what their final starting lineup is going to be I think we've seen a different starting lineup every game that Vucevic has played since he's got here and that's in part with Zach Levine being out for that second game Thaddeus Young I think with the newly acquired Daniel Tice that's now playing so Thaddeus Young's probably going to be playing in that starting lineup a little bit more as well but uh they got to start being a little bit more better on what they can do. So, uh, Bulls, another swing and a miss here. Alrighty, here we go. Suns and the Thunder, and Chris Paul faces his former team, and they just absolutely obliterate them. Suns win 140-103 over this Thunder team. So let's start here with the Suns in a huge blowout. Chris Paul, 17 points, 12 assists, 5 rebounds on 100% shooting. 8 of 8 from the field, folks. 1 of 1 from 3. Magnificent work out there. Uh, Devin Booker, 32 points, 5 assists, 2 rebounds. Great night by him. 3 of 5 from 3. 55% overall from the field. DeAndre Ayton, 9 points, 7 rebounds. All right, we'll take that. A plus 15 on the floor as well. Jay Crowder, 11 points, 4 rebounds, 2 of 4 from 3 for him. And then McCall Bridges, 17 points, 2 rebounds. Yes, sir. Whoops. Um, so, great overall night from the Suns team. And then look at this bench, folks. Cameron Payne, 9 points, 8 of 6, 6 rebounds. Cameron Johnson, 17 points. Torrey Craig, 7 points, 3 steals, 4 rebounds. I'll give it to that man. And then Dario Sarek, 11 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. I mean, man, oh man, this team. Yes, sir. The bench is starting to get it done a little bit more consistently here. And, you know, we can always count on this starting lineup for the Suns. And now they're just forming a complete team. The points the defense they are getting it done and um they are still currently that number two seed unfortunately the jazz just keep winning when the suns win so they can't make up any ground here in the west but very well done here for for the suns this is truly a great team all right let's quickly talk about the thunder now because we know no uh, dort and no um you know um shea gills alexander so no reason why this team should be winning but let's shout out uh, theo melendon now here 33 points out here on efficient shooting five of seven from three and 55 percent overall so great night by him he stepped it up um aleskesh pokusevsky 20 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. Great night by him. He was efficient, 4 of 6 from 3 and 50% overall from the field. Unfortunately, nobody else kind of really got the menu, uh, memo. Isaiah Roby in the starting lineup, 2 points on 16% shooting. Moses Brown, 1 point on 0% shooting. And then Savi Mahaluk. Six points on 28% shooting. So nothing else really great from this Thunder team. Uh, classic Thunder, right? Classic Thunder without their main pieces. 
Alrighty, let's keep going out here. Last two games out here. Uh, Blazers in the box. Blazers really letting me down hugely here. And we're going to talk about more of this game in a minute once we get to our MVP and six man of the year discussions. Uh, but man, oh man, we love Damian Lillard. But man, oh man, not a lackluster performance by him, but just truly unfortunate that they weren't really competitive throughout this entire game. The Bucks were really just dominant throughout this entire game. It wasn't like the Blazers had the lead and then they lost it like late in the fourth quarter. They never really even had the lead. So a little disappointed here by the Blazers and I think we are going to have to knock, knock Damian Lillard a little bit when we get to that MVP discuss discussion. But let's talk about it first. Giannis in the box, man. Giannis had an absolute magnificent game here, folks. 47 points, 12 rebounds on 85% shooting. His only misses were from the three-point line. 0 of 3 from 3. So, all right, Giannis. Rain it in a little bit. He was feeling himself. He's like, I got 47. I'm trying to hit 50, 50, 53, 56. But the threes were just were not falling. Unfortunate. But overall, a great night by him. Chris Middleton also had a great night while Giannis got 47. Chris Middleton was still able to get 20 points, 8 assists, and 7 rebounds on great shooting, 2 of 4 from 3, and 61% overall. So a great night by him. And Drew Holiday also was able to kind of get some great scoring out here as well. 22 points, 10 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 of 6 from 3, and 64% overall. So great night. This is kind of what the Bucks' big three should be doing on a consistent basis. Obviously not to this extreme because we're not going to expect Giannis to be putting up 47 points every night, but you know, 20 plus points for Chris Middleton, Giannis and Drew Holiday. That's what this team needs. That's what their need that's what their three best scorers should be, not Giannis, Brook Lopez, and maybe Dante DiVincenzo if he's having a great night. That's how you know things went a little bit wrong if Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are not getting it done. But great night by those three. Uh, Brooke Lopez, nine points, three rebounds. And then Dante DiVincenzo, five points. Once again, not great shooting by this man. One of five from three and one of seven from the field. But he had four, assist, or four rebounds and two assists to go along with that. I guess not terrible. Um, all right, then off their bench, obviously nothing great here because Giannis was hogging all the points out here. Uh, Thaddeus getting kind of knocked in the minutes. Only seven minutes played last night. So a little unfortunate there. Uh, Bobby Portis, 6.7 rebounds. That's pretty decent. So Giannis just absolutely carrying the team in this game. So very well done to them. The Blazers had no answer. Nurchich was looking very slow and unathletic and a little beefy out there. Maybe he really hasn't kind of gotten into game shape ever since he's came back into uh, the rotation out here. Uh, but let's talk about uh, what happened here for the Blazers. Damian Lillard, 32 points, 3 steals, 5 assists, 4 rebounds, and he shot 5 of 10 from 3 and 52% overall from the field. Just unfortunate, you know, a minus 27 on the floor. The worst plus minus on the squad, and unfortunately, just couldn't kind of get you know the defense needed on this team. Now, I understand you know Damian Lillard, what is he going to do up against Giannis? He needs kind of his beef to help him out a little bit, and that's where they floundered. So, uh, a little unfortunate here. The Blazers, what is this like a uh, yeah, oh man, 18 point loss. Ugh, yikes. Um, so bad here on the Blazers. CJ McCollum, 18 points, seven assists, two rebounds. Nurchich, 9 points, 11 rebounds on 28% shooting. Robert Covington, 18.7 rebounds. And then Norman Powell, 20 or 12 points, 3 steals, 2 assists, 3 rebounds. 2 of 7 from 3. 
33% overall from the field, so lackluster there. And then also no real great production from this bench, man, who is decently deep. I mean, I can get excited on this bench of Cantor, Carmelo Anthony, and Derek Jones Jr., and Anthony Simons, uh, but they never really got anything truly great out here. And it's Cantor, 2.6 rebounds. Carmelo Anthony, six points on 16% shooting on 12 shots. Very, very not good. And then Derek Jones Jr., two points. Three rebounds, 0 of 3 from the field, just nothing really great in his game. Consistent, we just like, we just love his athleticism. Can't really find where he fits out in this role here. Starters off the bench, still can't get it. So lackluster night here by the Blazers bench, and great performance by Giannis carries them to a win. And then the last game of the night, the Lakers and the Kings. And the Kings are lackluster on offense for like the first time this season, only putting up 94 points. Uh, so let's start here with the Lakers. We heard the quote about Kuzma finally having a great game out here. 30 points in the starting lineup, 3 assists, 5 rebounds on 61% shooting, 4 of 7 from 3. Dennis Schroeder, 17 points, 8 assists, 4 steals, 4 rebounds. We just saw him decline a contract extension, so it seems like he does not want to play for this team. But a decent performance out here by him this game. Uh, KCP, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, 13 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, not terrible overall. And then Marcus All still claiming, or, or clinging on to that starting center position out here. 5 points, 6 assists, 9 rebounds. Alrighty, let's go to their bench now. Montrose Harold didn't even have that great of a game. 5 points, 10 rebounds on 28% shooting. They didn't even need him. Fantastic. Uh, and then Taylor Horton Tucker also off the bench. 15 points, 4 steals. We'll give it to that man. So, decent night overall by the starters here for the, for the Lakers. Finally, all these starters stepping it up with no LeBron James, AD, or Andre Drummond. Two ADs, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond. Alrighty. AD squared, if you will. Uh, but let's talk about this uh, Kings team very quickly. De'Aaron Fox, only 12 points on 25% shooting. Tyrese Halliburton, 12 points, 5 assists. Not terrible. He shot uh, 44%. Uh, Raquan Holmes, 11.7 rebounds. Harrison Barnes, 26 points on 90% shooting. 3 of 4 from 3. Fantastic. Uh, 5 assists and 5 rebounds to go along with that. And then Buddy Heald, only 7 points. So we see the inefficient shooting by De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. That's, uh, that's all you need to see for their only 95-point performance there. Usually when they're scoring high, uh, Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox all got 20-plus points there. But uh, Buddy Heald, only 7 points on 27% shooting. 1 of 9 from 3. Yikes. All right, and then off their bench, only DeLon right here, uh, 13 points. He was the only one that really did anything great. We can shout out Terrence Davis as well, 8 points, 5 rebounds off the bench. But a uh, little unfortunate shooting night here by the Kings. Uh, only hit 10 threes, very uh, uncharacteristic of that team. So N Lakers get the win, 115-94. to 94. Alrighty, let's see what's on tap today for the NBA. No nationally televised games because of March Madness, so unfortunate there. After Monday, hopefully we're back on consistent basis um, of the uh, NBA on TV nationally televised games because March Madness is taking up all those slots. So here we go. This is what we got on tap tonight. We got the Mavericks and the Wizards, the Knicks and the Pistons, the Heat and the Cavs. Oh my goodness, we're taking the Heat all day. We'll swallow whatever they want us to there. Uh, 76ers and the Timberwolves, I think we'll be swallowing points there. Uh, Spurs, Pacers, Jazz, Magic, Blazers, Thunder. Hopefully the Blazers can get, back, can get back on track there. And the Bucks and the Kings to finish off the night. So let's get a nice moneymaker going today. 
Um, here it is. Here's our reminder for what we got in March Madness today. Houston plus five, Gonzaga minus 14 and a half. So let's start talking about what we can do to make some money here in the NBA. So the first game up on deck, Mavericks, Wizards, Mavericks minus five, Wizards plus five. Alrighty, let's see here. JJ Redick is a game time decision. He was a game time decision in uh, just yesterday. Um, what did he do for them? Did we even call him? I don't think we called him. Yeah, we didn't. So he did not play yesterday. So hopefully he is good to go today. On a back-to-back here for the Mavericks. So probably we'll stay away from them. Uh, Willie Colney-Stein is also still out for the Mavericks. But uh, uh, Porzingis and Doncic are good to go. And then for the Wizards, Bradley Beal is a game-time decision with the hip, so we'll see if he plays. But uh, Mavericks on a back-to-back. We'll stay away from this one. Uh, They should have no trouble covering this spread, but uh, like we said, back-to-back. We'll stay away from it and see if we can get better value elsewhere. All right, then we go to the Knicks and the Pistons. We just saw that very lackluster performance by the Knicks last night. Facing a little bit of a lackluster team in the Pistons, so hopefully they can get it back on track here. Everybody's really good to go for the Knicks. Uh, just Mitchell Robinson is out, and then for the Pistons, Rodney McGruder is still out. So usually, so basically, everybody's good to go for both of these teams. Do we bet on the Knicks to snap this three-game losing streak? This Pistons team just beat the Wizards. I mean, this Pistons team is very lackluster, but we got to see this Knicks team get back on track. If they can't beat this Pistons team, man, oh man, truly unfortunate. Just get them out of the playoffs now but uh, we'll swallow the one and a half and assume the Knicks get back on track here with a nice win alrighty Timberwolves in the 76ers now Alrighty, 12 point spread here. Timberwolves plus 12, 76ers minus 12. And you know Joel Embiid is back in the mother-loving lineup, baby. Game time decision, and I think he's good to go, folks. Let's uh, double-check this. I think they kind of basically said a couple of days ago that he is going to make his return. But let's see. Ooh, Porzingis is out Saturday. That is brand new, up-to-date three minutes ago. So definitely glad that we stay away from that uh, that spread over there with the Mavs and the Wizards. Um, but uh, what else do we get here? We get any firm note on uh, Joel Embiid? Because if Joel Embiid back, I'll swallow the twelve and a half. I got no problem with that, especially with everybody's gonna go for the 76ers. Oh, look at this! Ricky Rubio game time decision, but D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell game time decision. Is he going to be making his debut today? Finally, a little bit too late out here for him to try to make a big old push in the playoffs, but getting right for uh. Next season, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, we're getting no firm update, but uh, I'm I'm almost certain he's good to go. Uh, so we're gonna take the 76ers minus 12 here. Joel Embiid's first game back. Let's rock with it. All right, then we get the Cavs in the Heat, and like we said, we're gonna be swallowing points here too. Uh, Larry Dance Jr. out. Jared Allen is still out, so you know what that mother loving means, baby. And everybody's go good to go for this Heat team. So yes, sir, Heat minus twelve, absolutely swallow that. No worries, man. Oh man, this Cavs team is very lackluster offensively, folks. All righty, let's keep moving on here. What else do we get? Pacers and the Spurs. Pacers plus five. Spurs minus five. Let's see who's in and out here. I mean, we're probably going to stay away from this one. We can't trust this Pacers team, folks. We say this every day, and we mean it every day. Jeremy Lamb, game-time decision. Malcolm Brogdon, game-time decision. Devontis Bonus, game-time decision for the Pacers. And then for the Spurs, uh, just the usual suspects are out there. So, going to stay away from this one. Don't like betting the Spurs. They're very hit and miss, and the Pacers can't beat any good team. So, we'll stay away from this game. 
Magic, Jazz next up. Magic plus 15. Jazz minus 15. Are we going to be swallowing a lot of points here today? Uh, probably not because the Magic have been kind of doing decent here ever since the trade deadline of losing everybody. Everybody's been stepping it up. Uh, Terrence Ross is a game-time decision for the Magic. Ken Birch is a game-time decision. Michael Carter-Williams is a game-time decision. Gary Harris is out. Uh, and Kareem Maine, a game-time decision. So a lot of people, uh, game-time decision for the Magic where everybody's really good to go for the Jazz, but they are in a back-to-back. So uh, we're not going to swallow the 15 here for the Jazz. The Magic plus 15 seems very intriguing to me, but we'll just stay away from it in total just because we got other great value, I think, um, already. All right, then we get the Bucks and the Kings. Bucks minus six and a half. Kings plus six and a half. PJ Tucker's a game time decision, so I'm assuming he's going to play on the second on a back to back. And then for the Kings, Hassan Whiteside is a game time decision. So this Bucks team minus six and a half points just had an absolutely great performance last night against the Blazers. Hopefully they don't kind of you know be underwhelming in this game. But I can't really trust this Kings team against good competition, and this Bucks team is good competition. So we'll swallow the six and a half here for the Bucks and be true believers tonight. And then the last game of the night, Thunder and the Blazers. Thunder plus 11.5. Blazers minus 11.5. For the Thunder, Shea Gillis-Alexander is still out. Lugans Dort is a game-time decision, so we'll see if he's good to go. And then for the Blazers, Zach Collins is out, and that is it. So um, we're just going to kind of watch this game from the sideline. We're not going to bet it. We've already got four teams up here in our moneymaker, and we're not going to swallow 11.5 by the Blazers of just kind of disappointing us in our moneymaker last night. So we'll watch them get back on track and then go from there but this is what we got tonight on our moneymaker Knicks minus one and a half 76ers minus 12 heat minus 12 in the bucks minus six and a half swallowing all these points tonight all righty that's let's go um let's go to our MVP race and at six man of the year discussion Alrighty, let's get back on track on this. We haven't really updated our MVP race in a week and a half, but this is kind of where we left it off. James Harden at one, Joel Embiid at two, Damian Lillard at three. We took all their kind of stats of what they're doing this season, and then we looked at kind of their strength of schedule and counted out some quality wins, which I think we classified it as the top six teams in the East and the West, and that's how we got to Harden at one, Joel Embiid at two, and Damian Lillard at, Lillard at three. That was the last of kind of where we left off on our MVP discussion. Now, what we're going to do and how we're going to kind of round out this last half of the back half of the season here with our MVP race and what we're going to do for the sixth man once we're done with the MVP today. Uh, we're going to judge all their performances on individual basis for the rest of the games. We're going to update this every single day now, and this is how we're going to do it. There's, We're going to be ranking the game performances for the rest of the season on a minus five to positive five point scale. And whoever has the most points come the end of the season, that's how we're going to decide who should be the MVP in our eyes. Now, you get two points for a win. If your team wins, you automatically get two points. And then we'll start kind of critiquing how you looked compared against your opponents, how you fared with the rest of your team. Were you the reason why you won it? Did you hit the game winning shot? And based off of that, we'll start moving you, you know, closer to five points 
points or more towards the minus five points. So you get the win, you get two points, you perform very well, we'll start moving you up, maybe three, four, or five points for that game alone, and that's how we're going to go. You lose the game, you get minus two points, and then we'll start to, you know, oh, you played very well, uh, maybe you just didn't hit that buzzer beater, so maybe we can give you a minus one, maybe even a zero, or maybe, you know, maybe they dropped 50 points and 10 rebounds and 12 assists and they lost by like one maybe we can even give them a plus one for that performance so that's how we're going to judge it throughout the rest of the season that's how our kind of point system is going to work here but before we start dishing out points for what just happened last night in the nba uh, let's kind of get our solid MVP rankings here. So we are going to have to move Joel Embiid down a little bit here because he's been out for these last couple of games here. So we are going to substitute Damian Lillard in for that number two seed. We're still keeping uh, James Harden at number one. Uh, he has missed the last couple of games as well. I think the last two games, but we're going to kind of write that off. We'll we'll let that slide. Joel Embiid has missed, I think, what, like the last seven games. He is coming back tonight, so he can kind of, you know, work his way back up here in the MVP's race ladder. But let's put uh, Joel Embiid down here at number three. And then we are also going to add some other players up here. We're going to put uh, Giannis here into the mix at number four. And Jokic into the mix here at number five. Now, Jokic is definitely going to have a tough climb out here to get to that MVP just because they brought in Aaron Gordon. And so far, he's kind of splitting his production with Aaron Gordon. Now, it's leading to the wins, which is great. That's all we want to see. I mean, I'm sure Jokic wants to win over getting the MVP, but it is going to make his kind of climb a little bit uh, larger here. So, since this is kind of what our final MVP race is going to be until we start adding all these extra points, let's start off these players with some points. We're going to give James Harden five points here off the rip since he's number one and there's five players. That means we'll give Damian Lillard four points off the rip right here. Uh, kind of starting here in our new found MVP race point system that we kind of want to, this is kind of how we want to talk about the MVP race coming in the back half of the season. So we'll give Joel Embiid three points here. We'll give Giannis two points. And we'll give Jokic one little old measly old point here. Alrighty. But, so... This is kind of our, you know, starting points, but we just had NBA on last night and we had some players playing in our MVP race. So let's kind of start implementing our point system here to our NBA MVP race. So last night, Giannis and Damian Lillard faced off head to head and uh, not great for Damian Lillard, who in our opinion is a little bit of a clear front runner over Giannis. So let's start here. James Harden in a play. So let's, uh, we, we, we won't. We'll start with him. We'll start here with Damian Lillard. Alrighty. Well, he gets a loss. So we got to we got to start giving him minus two points right off the rip. Now, how did he fare for the rest of his team? He led his team in points, but also led his team in a in the plus minus at a minus twenty seven. So the defense wasn't there on the floor. Uh, his offense production was Damian Lillard's was the bench was very very lackluster here for the Blazers. A kind of a key reason why this team was off. Uh, Nurchich also you know not being able to kind of handle the beef of Giannis. Same thing with kind of Robert Covington not being able to kind of handle what Giannis did last night. So we are going. Going to give Damian Lillard minus two for the loss 
And we're going to, I think we're going to give him maybe a plus one for his production here on the, out on the floor. 32 points, three steals, five assists, four rebounds. Overall on 52% shooting and five of 10 for three. Overall, it was a defensive kind, or it was a decent kind of offensive night from Damian Lillard. Just truly unfortunate that they lost the game. So I think we're going to be subtracting one point from Damian Lillard, the minus two for the loss, but a plus one for a decent performance overall. So we'll give him, but that plus minus though, maybe we should just keep it at minus two. That minus 27 on the floor, man. Ugh. 27 points in a, not even, in only a, what do we got here? An 18 point loss. So I, th yeah, actually we are going to keep it minus two for Damian Lillard, folks. We're going to keep it a minus two for Damian Lillard. So Damian Lillard had four points going into last night's game, but we, we're going to subtract two. So now he is at two points here. And we'll rearrange these rankings right at the end. Uh, Joel Embiid did not play last night, but or it didn't even, or the team didn't even play last night. But uh, he's going to start off. Hopefully tonight he plays. Um, if you don't play, we are going to count it as a minus three. Let's so let's not uh, mark that as kind of one of our rules here. Minus three for not playing. We're actually should we go actually to the extreme of like minus four? No, we'll leave it at minus three. Leave it at minus three for not playing. I mean, folks, you got to start playing some of these games here. We're going to give kind of give everybody a fresh start since this is kind of like the week after the All-Star break or the week after the trade deadline where, um, you know, everybody's kind of, all right, what are what is our true identity now with these new players? Now that we've lost some players, we've kind of had a week to kind of solidify our matchup, our kind of uh, rotation. So this is kind of where we're starting it right now, these kind of point spreads in these point systems. Uh, so Joel Embiid is going to kind of get the benefit of the out there of kind of that week stretch of him not playing that kind of two week stretch of him not playing but we can't we got to see him back in the lineup if he doesn't play tonight we're going to give him minus three points so we'll see what he does tonight but he should be playing all right Giannis did play last night once again like we said against head-to-head -head against um um Damian Lillard. So, Giannis, two points for a win. And, man, oh, man, this production out here. 47 points, 12 rebounds, 85% shooting. A huge reason why uh, the Bucks won this game. A plus 17 on the floor. A true disruptor. And, like we said, that 47-point performance. I mean, what more could we want from this man? So, we're going to give him the plus two for the win. And I think we're going to give him two points there for that great old performance that he had. So, uh a total of four points for Giannis, a plus four out of a potential plus five points for this man. So he had two points going in, and now he is at six points. So very well done to him. And like we said, also the Nuggets did not play last night. So our new MVP race up to date now. We're going to slide Giannis into the starting spot here. Probably should have started off some of these other players with some more points here, unfortunately. Um, Giannis goes to one with six points. James Harden drops down to two with four points. All right, number three is still going to stay Joel Embiid with three points. And then Damian Lillard falls down to number four with only two points. All righty, so that's how we are going to leave it here for today. Congratulations for Giannis for getting that MVP spot so far. And we'll see what everybody can do moving on. Alrighty, so our new MVP race, Giannis 1, Harden 2, Joel Embiid 3, Lillard 4, and Jokic at 5.
Alrighty, now let's start talking about our NBA Six Man of the Year uh, discussion. Now we are let's list the players right here, um, and then we'll order them kind of based on what they do. And then the same thing, we're gonna kind of start giving them points like we just did in that MVP race. So here we go. Our four kind of nominees here of who we think should be in this this race, this discussion so far. Obviously, Jordan Clarkson getting it done for the Jazz. Just absolutely magnificent. Great scoring potential out there. So Jordan Clarkson's a potential candidate. We're going to give Thaddeus Young a potential candidate here. Definitely just got to be, I mean, the only problem with Thaddeus Young is that he's on this Bulls team and they're barely winning games. So that's the only knock that we have on Thaddeus Young, but he's getting it done. He just got elevated to that starting lineup. Once again, may affect his kind of status here in the NBA Sixth Man of the Year, but he just had a great game last night back in the starting rotation, and he's been getting it done consistently off the bench. It's just the Bulls are not winning games. Um, alrighty, then um, we're also going to be giving Montrez Harrell a big old nod here. I love what this man is doing. He's probably the, besides LeBron James and Anthony Davis, this man is single-handedly the most consistent player besides those two big names for the Lakers. So, love Montrez Harrell here. And then, who I think has been getting kind of, maybe a little bit of a snub here in the sixth man of the year um, category uh, is Tim Hardaway Jr. for the uh, for the Mavericks. Now he has played kind of a decent amount of starters, uh, starting rotations for that Mavericks team. But ever since he got knocked down to that bench, he's really been having great, consistent, efficient success off that bench. So I'm gonna give Tim Hardaway Jr. a little bit of a nod here in the Sixth Man of the Year candidate uh, category. Uh, so here we go: Jordan Clarkson, Thaddeus Young, Montrose Harold, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Now we just have to order these a little bit, and then we'll look at uh, give them their points based off their ordering and then we'll look at what they did last night if they played and judge their performances there so here we go um jordan clarkson is i did Clarkson. <laughs> clarkson um all right here we go jordan clarkson all right what is he doing out here this season off the bench here we go off the bench 25 minutes playing off the bench played all 48 games off the bench 17 points for rebounds and two assists so great scoring and good everything else that's what we're talking about so we'll leave him at one so far and see if Thaddeus Young is looking a little bit better than him so let's see what Thaddeus Young is doing out here all right Thaddeus Young he has played 10 games as a starter but let's talk about the bench first 33 games coming off the bench 12 points six rebounds four assists that's all coming off the bench and then these games where he's playing as the starter 13 points seven rebounds and four assists uh, so absolutely great production out here. Points, rebounds, assists. He's getting it all done. Maybe a, you know a little bit better than Jordan Clarkson overall, who's just kind of front-loading those points a little bit with the 17. The four rebounds, the same amount as Thaddeus Young. Uh, or no, Thaddeus Young has two more, and Thaddeus Young has four assists, where Jordan Clarkson's only got, what, two assists out here? So I think just based off of production, we're going to give um, Thaddeus Young the nod over Jordan Clarkson here just for the totality of his game. Um, also, let's quickly look at their defensive efficiency out here. Just kind of based on 100% their defensive rating that um, basketball reference gives them. Uh, they give Jordan Clarkson a 111 defensive rating, which is basically you know points off of 100 possessions. 
And then Thaddeus Young, what is his defensive rating? 111 as well. So they're both good defensively, uh, maybe even a little bit better for Thaddeus Young when he's in the starting rotation. And then the offensive efficiency, basically, you know, offensive production off of 100 possessions. Thaddeus Young is getting done a little bit better out here, 120, 115, and Thaddeus Young is still only at 110. So I'm going to give it to Thaddeus Young uh, over Jordan Clarkson. So we'll move Thaddeus Young, Thaddeus Young to two, Jordan Clarkson at three. Or two. All right, then let's go to Montrose Harold. How do we think he should be into this mix right here? Montrose Harold. Here we go. <clears throat> Only started one game, but as um, coming off the bench in 48 games, 15 points, six rebounds, basically seven in one assist. So once again, the points are there as well, and that great rebounding potential is also there. We see his uh, defensive rating is 106, so better than Thaddeus Young and Jordan Clarkson, and his offensive rating is 128, better than both um, Jordan Clarkson and Thaddeus Young. So I think we're going to put Montrez Harrell here in the leading six-man of the year. Um, along with, um, kind of their record right here, uh, the Lakers are 31 wins, 18 losses, uh, the Jazz obviously 37 wins and 11 losses, so, uh, we are going to move Jordan Clarkson to, we're going to keep Jordan Clarkson at the number two just because of their record and move Thaddeus Young down to the three because of their record. Um, you know, like we said, I mean, this Bulls team. Very, very lackluster in the winning department. If they start winning more games, we can move Thaddeus Young up a little bit more. Uh, but, man, oh, man, this 19 wins. So, yes, it's great production by Thaddeus Young. But, overall, just not getting it done, not being enough to win. And I know the you know the, the Lakers and the Jazz have a better overall team. But, still, I mean, wins still play a little bit of a factor. So, we'll, we'll drop uh, Thaddeus Young down to two. Jordan Clarkson at Drop that Thaddeus Young down to three and move Jordan Clarkson up to two just kind of off of record with kind of combined performance. And then Tim Hardaway Jr. Just kind of want to shoot, shout him out a little bit. Because uh, like I said, he did play a lot of games. He did play 19 games as a starter, only 27 off the bench. So that's a little bit of a knock on him for six man of the year just because he's played, he's been in the starting rotation. Uh, but I mean, off the bench, 16 points, three rebounds and two assists. And he's being a lot more efficient um, off the bench and a lot more consistent off the bench than he was with the starters. And that's really kind of helping them because they need that great scoring off the bench because you got um, Luka Doncic and Krista Porzingis already good to go scoring department wise in the starting rotation they just were a little lackluster off the bench so ever since he really kind of made that switch from the starters to the bench look his minutes went down but his production stayed the same so he's becoming more efficient so I do kind of want to we'll leave Tim Hardaway Jr. here at number four uh, but I do kind of want to start giving him some nods here in some respect in the six man of the year category all righty so we'll give Montrose Harold four points here for being number one Jordan Clarkson three points here for being number two. Thaddeus Young, two points for being number three. And Tim Hardaway Jr., one point for being number four. And then we'll start grading their performances on a game-to-game -game basis. Um, Alrighty, two points for a win. Two points for a win, and then we'll start judging you based on your performance. Minus two points for a loss as well. Once again, judging your performance. If you did bad in the loss, we'll move you closer to the minus five. If you did good in the loss, we'll try to move you closer to zero and maybe even a positive. Uh, so here we go. Montrose Herald did play last night, so that's two points for a win for them. 
Uh, two points for a win for Montrose Herald. But, I mean, nothing really great here. Five points to ten rebounds was great, but very, very inefficient shooting-wise. Only 28%. And we really, I mean, that's really uncharacteristic of this man. So, we'll leave him at the two points there. We won't give him any more points for his production. The ten points, I maybe was even thinking about moving him down to one point. But the ten rebounds really saved him. So, we'll give Montrose Herald two points out here. Moving his total to six. Uh, Jordan Clarkson also did play last night. Where is this Jazz game at? Right here. Jazz Bulls. Um, all right. So what did Jordan Clarkson do? They won. So that's two points for him. Um, and then his production, 19 points, two rebounds, classic Jordan Clarkson production out here. So we'll leave him at the two points there. Nothing really, you know, amazing. If he had, you know, maybe more assists or rebounds, we would have given him an extra point. But we'll give him two points out there. So five points still for Jordan Clarkson. Still in second. Uh, Thaddeus Young did play last night. His team lost, unfortunately. He got up into the starting lineup as well. Uh, so not the greatest in a loss there. But he did, I believe he did He did play the best on his team here. Uh, so here we go. Thaddeus Young in the starting lineup. 25 points, 3 assists, 7 rebounds, 64% shooting a plus 11 in a 7-point loss there, folks. So minus 2 for a loss. But I'm giving him 2 points for the production to cancel it all out at 0. So we'll still keep Thaddeus Young at only two points. And then Tim Hardaway Jr., they played last night. The Mavericks, they ended up beating the Knicks. And Tim Hardaway Jr. here, where are we at? Here off the bench, 14 points, two steals, one assist, three rebounds on efficient shooting, three of six from three, 55% overall. And he was the one, two, tied for third leading scorer for this team. So we'll keep... Tim Hardaway Jr. at the two points, and um, uh, we won't give him an extra one for this performance. It's great. It's good. It's real good. Do we give him one more? Mm, let's keep him at the two here for a win. Good, solid win out here for Tim Hardaway Jr. Maybe if he was the third leading scorer. Maybe if he wasn't tied. Um, but still, great production from him off the bench here for Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, 14 points. Do we give him an extra? Do we give him two or three right here? Two or three. Let's give him two. Let's give him three, actually. Uh, let's give him two. We'll keep him at the two points there. So that brings him to three overall. So we'll move Thaddeus Young down to two or down to four and Tim Hardaway Jr. up to three here. All right. And uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. moves up to three. Alrighty. So that's how our current MVP voting and six men of the year is panning out so far. Giannis just overtook the MVP race with an absolute great game last night against the Blazers. And uh, Montrose Harrell will be their six man of the year currently. And we'll update this every day and uh, see where we are at come the end of the season. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We're back tomorrow, live, noon Eastern, doing it all over again. So we'll see you then.